0: everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kerry. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowey.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show guest this week in the podcast Antoine Dufour
1: amazing
0: I've got my co-host the Irish dreaded dreadhead (laughs) leprechaun purple haired bass playing cool person (laughs) Tanya how are things
1: hello great to be here fantastic having a great time out here in LA
0: yeah, awesome feedback last week from the Newton Faulkner Jack Bruce podcast. Oh my God. The internet went yeah. ballistic. Yeah. Because we did announce last week as well that we have, you know, put together a video series of the podcast. We are calling it a vodcast.
1: Vodcast. Did
0: you see what we did there? We took the word podcast, put a V in the front of it, V being from the word video. I don't think
1: anyone's ever done that before.
0: I don't think so either.
1: Genius.
0: It's really, really <laughs> clever, yeah. And it's probably about the best thing about the series is the actual name itself because it's really a. <laughs> Of a can let you down. hear
1: my uh, sarcasm there? I
0: can, and I hope <laughs> a lot of the Americans don't, because they don't understand, well, they, they struggle to understand a word we're saying, period, because mm-hmm. I'm from Scotland, and Tanya, of course, is from Ireland. But nonetheless, sarcasm is something that perhaps gets lost on this side of the world, Slightly. which is probably a good thing, because we don't really want a lot of sarcasm in our lives. <laughs> we're bambling on, but we've got Anton Defeuille on wow. this week's podcast. How cool is that?
1: That is ridiculously cool it
0: is isn't it and he's such a good player he's touring the world he's doing really really well and of course a YouTube sensation straight off the back of Andy McKee him they're really good friends and they tour together a lot so these guys are so well respected Tanya
1: mm, they really are and they're just their level of musicianship and to have them guys talk it's, it's kind of very real coming from these guys
0: yeah absolutely I've been getting tweets I've been getting Facebook messages and people have been asking me the same thing Who else has been on this video series last week? If you remember, we announced that Divinity Rocks from Beyonce's band. We filmed an interview with Divinity. We also had Dave Lombardo from Slayer. That was absolutely brilliant. We need to tell you guys all about that. You're going to love it. Another person that we interviewed, the Holy Grail. (gasps) Carol Kay. Tanya, take it from here.
1: Always, almost lost, lost for words. Yes, we went to see the Queen Bee of Bass. And it was more amazing than we could ever imagine. It was incredible to interview her, to hear her stories, to just hang out with her, to see her play on front of us. You were there, man.
0: It was great, <laughs> and we're going to tell you a little bit more about that because it's very, very interesting indeed. But right now, we're going to get to an interview with Mister Antoine Dufour. Hey, Antoine, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, and you? I'm doing well, yeah. It's good to chat to you today. I've watched your YouTube clips uh, with my jaw at the floor. Um, (laughs) Recently, just really, really impressed with your guitar playing, with your style. Obviously, it reminds me of a little bit of a mashup of Tommy Emmanuel and Andy McKee and all the guitar players that I like. Over 50 million views on YouTube uh, collectively with all your different videos. Is that something that happens overnight? Did it build up over a period of time? Is there a little bit of luck involved? Can you talk us through that? Yeah, uh, well,
2: it, uh, really when we, we got started, um, actually I was uh, one of the first on the Candy Rat label and, um, went along with Don Ross, with Andy McKee, and uh, we ended up uh, uh, shooting some videos uh, because YouTube was starting in 2006 or something. It was starting to get more popular and everything so we started uh, uh we decided to put some some of the videos uh, up there and um so the first very first uh videos uh, i shot like it was maybe september or uh, august i'm not sure of oh six and uh i've, I've got really uh, that's that's where it's really started when especially when andy put his his own videos and then drifting got like really crazy uh, saturday morning on the uh, well, back then, there was that one page, it was, um, it was the YouTube at the, uh, like a main, uh, main homepage that everyone was going on YouTube would would see. It's a little different now, so it's a little harder to get, like, everyone on her to see the same thing, uh, but, um. That was a huge opportunity for him and then uh, suddenly basically the, the label just um, happened you know <laughs> this started to happen so uh for me it changed a lot because uh, uh i've been on the the label maybe a year before that and then since that happened then i started selling records a little more and uh and we started putting more and more youtube uh, videos and it got like some um, everyone from the label got more views anyways so it started like that and it really accelerated my my career I guess at this point and eventually uh, I decided to put just more and more videos and um this this this, uh, this four hands guitar video that has been seen like a lot like we've put that maybe four years ago or three four years ago not sure that was mostly a joke for fun you know do something cool and funny and uh, it got really viral so um, uh, that Everything built over a period of time, I guess, from, from 06, 07, mainly 07, uh, 08, 09, and then until today. So I got a better follow- following now, and uh, that's all from uh, from these things that happened first. But yeah, that's a, that's a big, uh, big thing for me because uh, it really helped uh, a lot. And uh, it helps me to accelerate my career quite a, quite a bit, you know. I'm not. I don't get as many views as Andy, got like ridiculous amount of views. But uh, still, it's very good for me. It uh, really helped me to uh, to get there and uh, start touring a little more and get some audience here and there,
0: uh, everywhere I'm going. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, so many musicians have um, complained about the internet and how it's affected their record sales or their, their income. From the record sales, but obviously the likes of yourself and Andy McKee have, have without doubt, use it to the uh, use it to your advantage. Can you tell us about um, some of the guitar players that's influenced your style? As I alluded to earlier, quite a quite a unique style, I think. Um so who was it? Who was some of the the kind of the front runners and in, in influencing you? Uh,
2: really, I was studying classical guitar in uh, I guess nineties. Uh, well, in 97, 98, 99, uh, I was in college uh, learning classical guitar, and uh, my teacher was listening to uh, a French pl- uh, guitar player Pierre Ben Suzan, and uh, also um, uh, Leo Kaki and uh, Don Ross. And then uh, he lent me a cassette of Don Ross. Back then, I was listening to cassette mostly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's how I got into the, that style first uh, listening to uh, Don Ross' first record uh, Bearing Straight and it uh, really uh, changed my life uh, when I heard that and that's I started uh, learning his song so Don Ross has been really a huge influence on 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 uh, on me for getting started in uh, that more extended or more modern guitar style, um, uh, along with a little bit of Pierre and Suzanne, Leo Kotke, but uh, very Don Ross really changed my my mind on guitar. So I, I started. I bought my first uh, first acoustic guitar, a steel string, and uh, I was you know learning many many songs from, from Don Ross. Maybe twenty songs I learned from him and. Uh, and then I also learned a little bit of Michael Hedges afterwards, uh, Stephen Bennett and, uh, and that's how I've got more influence after that for uh, my own compositions I guess. So uh, Andy McKee as well when I I, um, I um, met him maybe in 05 or uh, in some contests, sometimes we we, uh, we cross paths in some guitar festivals. and. and um, I was listening to his music it's really good and a very uh, very inspire, inspiring uh, stuff. So um, I've got, got my, most of my inspiration from, from, from the, these guys. And, um, and then from now on and after that, I started to um, get more influenced by just the music I listen in general. I, I don't listen to guitar music so much anymore. I just listen to bands and music that I, I, I really like or some, some electronic or alternative or pop music that I like, and I just try to translate that into guitar music, so uh, uh, that's why I try to assimilate a full band so that now my, my well my guitar influence helped me to develop maybe the techniques and develop the knowledge of the instruments, and now it's mostly you know the bands are what I listen to that influence my my work mostly now so so i, I got I got there, I guess
0: Now you mentioned uh, the your own compositions. I'm intrigued to know about your songwriting process. Um, you've been kind enough to, to join us today with your guitar. So I don't mm-hmm. know if perhaps you could um, uh, use your guitar and, and also explain to us just generally how your... Ah, uh, your, your, your songwriting process generally, how it comes about. mm mm-hmm.
2: Uh Well, um, I was in the tuning for a, for a... Um, to drive within, I guess. So uh, that's not a song I play very often, it's pretty hard, So, uh, <laughs> but maybe I can explain a little bit. Sometimes I start with a riff, um, I'll, I'll start with a, a basic riff, a bass bass riff, or a, a time signature and a chord sequence, and eventually uh, I'll write a melody on top. So that's kind of what happens, at, I guess, at the start of this song, it's just a, a basic riff, like... Uh, That's I guess the the basic riff, the rhythm section, really. The, there's like the bass and the drums. If you want like the backbeat, okay. and um, after that I will I will sing something or jam something on top. Or li- uh, sometimes I will record that and try to find another layer on top, like add that melody line. So this 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 is quite busy. So I needed to find a me- melody line that's quite simple. So I went with this. Uh, uh, was it something like
0: that huh? that's nice.
2: so that's kind of you know the same background the same two chords. Same rhythm, but I added like another another line on top. So that's how I pretty much write my sections. And then when I've got like a good section, I try to go to know where, where to go with that. So I went with it a little different uh, section, kind of a I guess a chorus or whatever. I I still try to think in intro, verse, chorus, or pre-chorus, uh, bridge, and these these type of things just to stay within. Uh, uh, some some things that the listener might recognize because it's instrumental music. So I try to um, I try to stay within something simple. I mean, structure wise. Because uh, otherwise, if you get too too crazy and you, you, you lose yourself around and you play like really, you know, you, you play different things and you go and you go and people won't really know where to, what to follow. Because uh, they're used to listen to the voice mostly, so when when they get something more in, uh, instrumental, it's it's a little harder for them. So that I think, I think by doing that or stay, keep, keeping things simple, that uh, that helps to keep the attention of the listener. You know. So um, yeah, uh, That's, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because. A lot of the, the, the things that you're saying there is almost word for word. What Andy McKee was saying when he was on, when he was talking about his songwriting, he was saying, as you said there, having that pop structure, you've got to have something that's your chorus. Even though it's instrumental, you've still got to think like, a, for want of a better term, a pop writer. So it's interesting that you should um, explain it like that without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier as well uh, the, um, the different guitar championships and these different guitar festivals that you're involved in. Um, you came in first place at the Canadian Fingerstyle Guitar Championships. Um, you came in third place at the ultra-prestigious International Guitar Championships. I'm a little bit unfamiliar with, with all these guitar competitions. Um, so how does is it Does it work by um, people voting in? Is there a panel? Tell us a bit about it.
2: Uh, this is more like a uh well these these type of competition normally the judges are um there's maybe four or five judges and they are all uh, hidden in a separate building and they receive the sound I've been judging actually uh in the Canadian guitar festival for the past maybe four or five years uh but um yeah you're you're in a separate booth and uh you uh you you get only the speaker with with the sound so uh the the contestant will climb on stage and just uh just uh, sit in front of the microphone and play in front of the audience. So um, uh, basically they don't see the judges and the judges don't see who is, who is contestant who is the contestant. So it's a very blind test. So you have to really just listen to the music and uh, evaluate the, the, the music. Same as in Winfield, uh, the international one that I've got third place, is
1: similar, um, sort of, uh, it's a similar process, same thing. It's just uh, a little more people from around around the world over there
2: but still at the Canadian guitar festival actually there was a, um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of different um, uh, countries re- represented there uh, some even some italian guys one year some, some germany some uh, some japanese some, uh, some from the us and canada so, that's, so that there's a lot of people kind of going there to, to compete and uh, that's that's interesting i mean you get um, many many new uh, players uh, out, out, from there, they, they they're out of nowhere and they come into play and they're they're not, they're they're pretty good. So you you can discover new uh, new talents. Uh, back then I was uh, yeah I won in 05 in uh, I think all right no I was I was second place I think in 05 and first in 06 and then I went to Winfield and get in the third place say 06 too. Uh, but yeah that's that, that's how I also I've got. I got a little started I got a little bit of reputation over that. And actually the first time I competed and I got second in five. Uh, that's where um, the guy from uh, the, the Candy Rat label uh, saw me play there. So that's that's how he got in touch with me after that 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 um, the contest that I, I was in. So uh, that brought me a lot of visibility and a lot of uh, important things came up from Sure. Just, just doing that, you know. So that's, I think it's a very good thing for players to uh, develop more experience and uh, get get the level of other players and get inspired f- from other players that they never saw and uh, uh, see where they're at in the level and just for fun as well, just just to go and challenge yourself if you want. Um, but uh, that's a, definitely a good thing to do uh, when you you try to get, get get your name out there, I guess.
0: Yeah, you can't beat a bit of self-promotion. Anton, when we get back in a little minute, I want to talk to you about the workshops that you're involved in, that you're you're very uh, much well-renowned for uh, after we advertise our previous episodes. previous episodes. Here's every single person that has ever been on this podcast for you to check out. ScottCowey.com, previous iTunes, episodes. Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud. You know what to do. Episode one, we had Glenn Matlock. Then we had Hugh Morgan from The Fun-Loving Criminals. Then we had Sandy Tom. Then we had Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band. Then we had Orianthe Bob Jacobs, who's the head spokesman of NASA. Then we had Dr Phil Toll who's Metallica's Therapist, then we had The Grains from Wet Wet Wet, Andy McKee, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene, Cliff Goldmacher, Steve White who drums with Oasis and The Who and Paul Weller, then we had Martin Taylor, MBE, then Stuart Copeland, Dweezil Zappa, Martin Harley, Julian Lennon, Carol Kay, Tommy Amanio, Kaki King, John Gomm, Nick West, Thomas Lang, Rhonda Smith. Glenn Sobel Graham Clark came on for his part two then the week later we had Ailey McKellar then we had Jennifer Batten then Larry Graham. then last week we had Newton Faulkner and Jack Bruce as it was a special 30th episode where it was a double header and this week is Antoine DeFleur. you can also go on to scottcowie.com very soon to check out the very super special supernova of a vodcast that's a video series we've got Carol Kay on that we're going to have Nathan East on that we're going to have definition Rocks on that. We're gonna have everybody go and check it out. scottCowie.com, Spread the word. Tell a friend. Let them know what's going on over here. And now I can breathe. Okay, Anton. Uh, guitar workshops of yours. What do these entail?
2: Uh, mostly, it's uh, it's about like songwriting or techniques. Uh, guitar techniques. I will go over uh, some of the basic uh, techniques that I use. Um, for uh, just for my playing, like some, some of the some, some of the percussive stuff on the yeah. strings, um, a couple exercises to develop like the right hand uh, of the the players, uh, kind of classical oriented techniques sometimes. So I I try to give them some exercise to work on that, uh, and then depends. Sometimes it's more it's more like a Q and A. So people will ask some questions and they want to know. Um, uh, certain things like like how I write music, my music, so I will demonstrate how I I came up with some some, some of my ideas, how I develop my uh, my ideas, and um, that's 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 divided between some techniques and some, some writing, Sometimes about business, but not much. It's mostly mostly really how to express yourself on uh, on the guitar and uh, you'll get better at writing your own things as well, or uh, or. You know, interpretation, um, stuff like that. Like, um, you know, mostly really, really guitar, yeah, <laughs> guitar uh, techniques and uh, writing and the writing process is really really interesting for students because they they always want to know how how to write. They don't have necessarily uh, an idea, and I was the same same way. I mean, when you start writing, you're in the nowhere. You have to. Finding something, and it's not necessarily uh, easy to 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 start things off. And um, what what I, I like to do is is um, I discovered my own my own uh, technique of writing basically with writing. So after years and years of writing, I just I found more of my my own approach on, on writing music. But at first, I was I didn't know what to do. I was really mostly just you know, very intuitive. Um, but now I have more like a defined uh, approach that I, I, I kind of try to repeat when I when I want to write something, you know. So um, uh, the, the, sometimes it starts with standard tuning, even, or sometimes with open tuning. That's, a, that's another s- a subject that a lot of people are asking in workshops. It's about tunings. Uh, how you come with some tunings, a crazy, crazy tunings and stuff like that? So uh, that's always a subject that uh, guitar players like to like to. Uh, about, sometimes talk about like nails, you know, nail shape, uh, sometimes about also the gear I use, uh, the guitar itself, um, uh, why I chose this guitar, um, uh, and also like the, the electronics, like the pickup systems, the preamps I'm using uh, for amplification. So the, this, these these kind of technical questions are coming quite a lot in, in these workshops, because you want to know what how you can get your, your sound, you know. So. So that's a, that's a very cool. Uh, very cool to uh, to to talk with with the people with, on on these these subjects. It's always fun. And nice. So uh, I enjoy that and doing doing some workshops and teaching.
0: It's fun. Absolutely. Now, um, as you expressed earlier, the a lot of the techniques that you're using, the way you play, you've got a uh, it's very percussive. There's a line, You've got a melody. So almost. Like, Somebody like yourself, you don't really need a band behind you because you've, you're playing all the instruments on the one instrument. But mm-hmm. um my question is this: if you were to have a band around you, and it could be your ideal fantasy band—different musicians, dead or alive—this um this question has went down well the last few times with different guests because everybody spends a long time thinking about it. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this question tends to be the long, the 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 longest answer, you know. So, um, who would be in that band? Do you think is it any that springs to mind? Um, most, well, maybe. Start, obviously, you'd be in the band playing guitar, no doubt. So, who, no, probably not. Actually, would
2: you, would you,
0: so would would you be playing a producer's role, perhaps, with this band? I
2: would. I would like to actually. Uh... I would probably play everything else than guitar in the band because it's a lot
0: more fun to play anything else than guitar. <laughs> right, that that is actually a good answer. I should start maybe rephrasing that question, just to to ask the the person, you know, what would be your first protocol as far as the instruments concerned? So in this case, what would it be? What instrument would you play in, in your ideal band? Uh,
2: actually. Um I wish I could play piano better. I'm not really good, but I can play a keyboard uh, a little bit. And the, the nails is kind of the, the worst thing on the keyboard. But uh, I like to play some uh, s- some uh, drum pads as well, like uh, play samples, and play some 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 synths, you know, and maybe a little bit of electric guitar just for some rhythm tracks, but nothing complex, like easy stuff, and do some uh, background vocals, like uh, yeah, back 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 uh, back singer. Uh, and, um, actually I have a band that we, we write electronic music. So, um, uh, yeah, we have a, a, my, my cousin, she's, she's the singer and I'm a good friend of mine, but we, we never start really practicing, but that's kind of, a, our, uh, our goal eventually is to translate that into playing it live. Cause we've been writing it on the computer and, uh, sequencing stuff, but not necessarily really playing it, but, um, that's that's fun i mean, I have a couple of things i can start jamming um, using my laptop my keyboard and the pads and the, the guitar and the, you know sing. and that that would be really cool for me to do that eventually uh try to develop that a little more because uh, i kind of like uh i like that but uh i don't know uh, if i could ch- choose someone uh, in my band or if uh i don't know but i wish i could uh at least uh
0: be able to um to talk with Imagine Heap or to yeah uh, right okay you know, that would be uh, quite
2: amazing because uh, <laughs> I think she's 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 too amazing so uh, the, for for me that's my most my my uh, biggest influence I guess on what I do uh, now uh, I really love her um, her musical approach and everything it's very very uh, unique and she she's very genius. So that's, that's, if I could collaborate with her once, so that would be like a dream come true. But uh, <laughs> just her is enough. I don't need anybody else. So, I mean, yeah, that would be uh, pretty awesome.
0: But, um, but that, I tell you what, that's brilliant. This is went in a direction that I really did not expect. You've chosen not to play <laughs> guitar. You're playing synths. You're hitting drum pads. You're doing backing vocals and imaging heap and nobody else. It's a duo. It's a <laughs> duo. And I, I tell you what. If Imogen is listening to this podcast, which um, no doubt that will be the case, then you never know. The, offer, the offer's there now, right? Wow. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Actually, my latest composition that I'm going to release uh, uh, eventually, I'm not sure when, but uh, I recorded it and I'm making um, a video series on uh, how I record, I put the mics, um uh, how I mix, how I use the plugins, how I compress, EQ, all the the mixing process, the mastering process, the finished product. So I'm um, I'm gonna make a video series about it, and that that one song is actually very uh, dedicated to Imagine Heap. It's very inspired by uh, some uh the first album. She, uh, she well, was her second, I guess. Uh, Speak for yourself album, and um, I've been I've been. Uh, Listening to to that album a lot in late March, and uh, I I wrote a new song with with uh, in that vibe kind of that I was getting from from that. Listening a lot of this album, so uh, yeah, eventually um, my that, that will come up uh, will be released. I don't know I don't know when, but I'm gonna start putting out, uh, releasing these videos once after the other, so I can get more more su- subscription and people will uh yeah, interested in, in learning how I, I I do this these things about know, recording and all that. So that's a that's a cool thing I'm I'm working on right now. So that's a, that's another thing I I wish she could eventually hear hear that song. I think she's gonna like it. But
0: <laughs> well, listen, we'll we'll do we'll our do very very best to make sure she gets the the news and sees the video and everything, and uh, we'll help spread the word. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well listen Antoine It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today That's been good fun And uh, great to, to, for you to break down a couple of those songs for us um, So I really appreciate you joining me today Yeah, you're welcome And that was fun <laughs>
1: amazing
0: such a great sound as well so we really appreciate Anton joining me and um, chatting about his career and everything that he's got coming up and when I asked him about the ideal fantasy band he did not want to play guitar he wanted to be behind the keys and be doing <laughs> a two piece very interesting indeed so very very exciting once again thank you and appreciate everybody's feedback on that because we've already had when I announced that he was going to be on the show some very positive feedback All over our social media sites. I'm on Twitter. I've got Facebook, Instagram. I'm on now. I've I've not done much on there, but you're a bit of an Instagram freak. Yeah, I like
1: Instagram. I'm at T Sub Bass, T S U B B A S S. It's where it's all happening now. It's instant. Yes,
0: (laughs) and I'm on Twitter. I'm S Curry Music because somebody already took Scott Cowie. Um I'm on Facebook. Just, you know what to do. ScottCowie.com is the central place that holds all this stuff together. So we spoke about Carol Kay earlier, the fact that Tanya and I took the trip up from where we're based, currently in Los Angeles, to, to there. It was a long journey and it was worth every single minute of it. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite um, embarrassing how excited we were about this when yeah. you really think about it. Because it was a whole
1: other level than... Santa excitement when you're a kid. This is like well for me as a bass player it's like the actual holy grail.
0: <laughs> yes, because if you do remember and this is the, something interesting for the fans, we were texting each other about six in the morning because and saying I can't believe it, this is like
1: <laughs> It's the day, it's Carol K Day.
0: Because being a, a, a thirty one year old man, I haven't really been bored about Christmas for a long time. You Maybe know, you make up all right it's yeah, okay, it's Christmas. Nice. What's well, you know, whatever but this was all the Christmases rolled into one wasn't Literally. it Tanya got really carried away and took two bass guitars up and then <laughs>
1: I just thought that they should be in the present. yeah
0: I Carol. thought having a car and then we got halfway there and we said why are you bringing two basses <laughs> I don't know
1: <laughs> I don't know I just thought that they should come they're like my children and I thought maybe the fact that they were at Carol K's house was special <laughs> <laughs>
0: just a treat for the kids absolutely you know, a just a little for the day the couldn't get them to watch day them day
1: out for the best children
0: um, it was amazing it really was and we can't wait for you guys to see it and depending on when you're listening to this podcast <clears throat> you may want to check out scottcowie.com because it might already be up there because it's difficult to tell at this moment in time we're going to try and get these videos out to you as soon as humanly possible um, but very very fascinating to speak to Carol and everybody that we've spoken to on our journey of Los Angeles and we've been telling we're going up to Carol Kay's house and genuinely I'm not saying this for effect everyone has been so excited for us and we're throwing their questions we're talking about some of the the most successful musicians in the world Mm -hmm. have reacted in a manner which is just um, it's very humbling for them to know that um, Carol Kay knows they exist and we'll, we'll, we'll give you an insight we spoke to Nathan East
1: yeah what a great great guy oh my god amazing player like He's played on everything from Phil Collins, Stevie Wonder, right, through the Daft Punk and, you know, some great classics in there. And he, he was delighted to know we had Carol on the show.
0: Carol gave me four Carol K. plectrums, very, very rare plectrums that she's got. Um, and it's very difficult to find them in music stores. And she just kind of said, oh, there you go. Through as a few crumbs as in you know, a couple of plectrums. So um I gave one to Nathan East and he was so excited. Like, he was I, can't, so
1: excited.
0: Oh, I can't believe this, and you're thinking you've played with Michael Jackson, you've played with Eric Clapson, you've yeah. been on 1500 records, you were at the Grammys, and I hand him a pack he's,
1: play-
0: <laughs> he's a plectrum and you think well, but he was he was so excited. That's the pick- effect
1: Carl Kay has on us.
0: Absolutely. So you do not <laughs> want to miss that one. So a whole host of things for you to check out here at scottcowey.com. Check out our previous episodes. Thanks very much for Anton joining us today and we will see you guys next week.